Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup. Now in our second decade of bringing you the best independent New York Red Bulls news and opinion. With your hosts, Mark Fishkin and Joe Goldstein. New York picks up six points in four days and vaults to the top of the East. It's Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup. Mark Fishkin flying solo tonight as Joe Goldstein is on a well-earned vacation. Tonight, a late stunner by a 16-year-old homegrown and a gritty, gutty 10-man win at Kansas City. I'll give my ball of the week. The transfer window is open. Hooray! New players incoming. We shall see. Uh, I'll preview Cincinnati away, and this is not your father's FC Cincinnati side, folks. Go around MLS. Our Pat, our guest tonight is Pat Brennan, FCC beat reporter for the Cincinnati Inquirer, and your emails. So let's begin. A week from a week ago today, Atlanta United did something they had never done before, ever in their short history, and that's scoring a goal at Red Bull Arena. After a listless first half of mostly negative soccer, who else but Joseph Martinez got Atlanta on the board in the 75th minute. With Tom Edwards visibly limping, New York allowed Atlanta three passes in the box, and Sean Nealis handing the ball to Martinez before Atlanta took the lead. It was an uncharacteristic Red Bulls breakdown, and it left New York trailing at home yet again against a team further down on the table. But Luquinhas earned the penalty, which Lewis Morgan converted for his 10th goal this year in all competitions. And then Serge Goma, the homegrown teenager, put into the match 15 minutes earlier. Red Bulled in the winning goal by stripping New Jersey's own Alex DeJong, the defender for Atlanta. That's Jersey on Jersey violence, folks. And then calmly slotting in uh, the ball past Rios Novo for the game winner. A phenomenal moment for another young Red Bulls player that appears to have a tremendous future ahead of him. Really a, a spectacular, spectacular moment. Um, New York now, consider New York is now 2-4-2 two, and two this season when conceding first. That means half the time the Red Bulls fall behind, they're able to pick themselves up and get a point. And that is an absolute testament to the character of this team and the coaching staff instilling that character. Just this team never, ever, ever gives up. And then, four days later, on Sunday night, against a very rested Kansas City side, Struber saw an issue in the first half quite clearly. Without an injured Tom Edwards, uh, the coach set up a four-man back line with Dylan Nealis on the right. And right from the start, it was evident that Daniel Shallowy was eating his lunch. Um, and then, and Sporting attacked early and often through Shallowy and threatened the Red Bull net uh, frequently. And you have to give it to Struber. 
who recognized the mismatch and switched up the formation 25 minutes in, taking off Omir Fernandez and adding Cam Harper and moving from four to three in the back, allowing more defending help from the winbacks. And while that certainly didn't necessarily solve all the challenges for New York, um, the switch allowed the Red Bulls to bend and bend and bend and not break until the short corner goal from Aaron Long uh, on the on the assist from Lewis Morgan, yet another assist from the Scotsman. Um, after a, a VAR-powered dog, so red card from Sean Nealis, New York gutted out, and I mean gutted out, the last 17 minutes of regulation and seven minutes of extra time added by, I think we can call some theatrics by Patrick Lamala, um, that were incredibly effective, frankly, in killing off the game. And we've certainly seen uh, opponents uh, use a little bit of the shithousery uh, when trying to protect a lead late, and New York should not necessarily be uh, immune to those sort of tactics. It was Cornell's fifth clean sheet of the season, and on a night when the Red Bulls were outshot 17-6, to the Brazilian definitely earned it. Struber, after the match, said the performance was not sexy, but noted that sometimes there are matches that are just straight-up fights, and you have to be able to win in different ways, and we're definitely seeing that from this Red Bull side, and the win lifted New York to the top of the Eastern Conference table on 32 points, uh, one more than Philadelphia and three more than both Montreal and NYC. But let's just consider that Philly and Montreal each have a game in hand, and City has two games in hand on the Red Bulls heading into the MLS weekend. Uh, Bull of the week for me, yes, Serge Gomez magic notwithstanding, it's Carlos Coronel. Um, the keeper did have a f- few oppos- opposing players flood their lines in front of his net. Uh, but conceding just once in 180 minutes and posting a road clean sheet definitely gets you bull of the week. Um, there's lots to talk about, lots of news in Red Bull land. Congrats to Caden Clark and Daniel Edelman, the Red Bull players on the U.S. U-20 team that got the job done in Honduras, not only winning the regional tournament, but A, qualifying for the 2023 uh, U-20 World Cup in Indonesia, and also B, and Perhaps more importantly, if you're of that mind, finally, finally qualifying for the 2024 Paris Olympics. It's the first Olympic berth for the U.S. men since 2008. That is absolutely boggling. And consider that Mexico isn't going to either of those tournaments. That's awesome. The MLS summer transfer window is now open. This morning, Struber told the assembled press... Uh, and I use that term loosely, for us it would be perfect to find a player that can help us and find our style of play a bit quicker, very, very quick. When we have the players, we'll say something about it, but we are in conversation with more players. So um, good to know New York is looking to add to the squad, but noted that uh, New York will need, and Struber, in fact, needs players that won't need time to ramp up and get the system needs players that can come in and make a difference this year. And uh, there are limited rumors out there. There's a Dutch second division player that may be on his way. Nevertheless, uh, the window's open, and any time, guys, would be great. This morning, MLS followed up on its $250 million a year annual deal with Apple with a $270 million deal with IMG Arena, That'll create multiple data feeds that can be leveraged by betting companies and can provide advanced data visualizations for fans watching at home and in the arena. And when you think about 
what interesting wrinkles that Apple TV broadcast may come. This is actually a nice add-on that could offer some really interesting live data on what's happening inside any particular match. So that's kind of cool. Uh, and more, <laughs> more revenue for the league. Tyler Adams, former Red Bulls homegrown that I know you know, has been reunited at Leeds with Jesse Marsh, who I know you know. Of course, Brendan Aronson's always there, is, 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 uh, is there as well already at Leeds, um, prompting some fans to rename the team Leeds United States of America, a very heavy American uh, feeling at Leeds this season, what may be everyone's first or maybe second uh, premier team as Jesse has a full year at the helm uh, at Ellen Road. So very, very exciting stuff. Also this morning, the Red Bulls announced that they officially parted ways with goalkeeper David Jensen, who joined the team just as the COVID pandemic began in 2020. Jensen played 11 times for the Red Bulls, picking up one clean sheet. He spent the last season on loan at KVC Westerlo. Uh, Thank you, David. All the best of luck in the future. Jensen, a wonderful interview. A great guy and just a a strange uh, chapter, obviously. Uh, He he came, COVID started, his wife was was pregnant. They had birth to a daughter here. Um, His playing time to indulge. It was evidence he wasn't going to be in Struber's plans. Uh, starting last season and found himself on loan so Jensen can go and make his own way. Okay, let's talk about FC Cincinnati. Saturday at 7.30 on MSG, the Red Bulls visit Cincinnati. Uh, since he is 7-4-7 and for 25 points, that's fifth in the East, seven points and four places below New York. They've scored 29 and conceded 32 times in 18 matches. That's nearly two goals per match conceded. They're the third worst defense in the East. They've made a number of changes from last year. None bigger, frankly, than uh, bringing in head coach Pat Noonan and um, and Chris Albright, former Red Bull the uh, as as uh, head of sport has made a massive impact so far but new this year nigerian uh, midfielder obina nuobodo joined as a dp from gotsepe in turkey venezuelan midfielder uh, junior moreno came over from dc raymond gaddis somehow came out of retirement and joined this team obviously a lot of philadelphia ties with albright uh, John Nelson joined from Dallas, the left back, Senegalese, and BU alum Dom Baji, a known quantity in this league, joined from Colorado. He is injured. American Red Bull, uh, American Red Bull right back, Alvis Powell joined from Philly, and Alex Kahn, the goalie, joined from Atlanta. Um, we all know the story. Since joining the league, uh, Cincinnati has won the one, I use that in quotes, the wooden spoon. The last three years, which is some kind of record, but this year under Noonan, something's clicked. The midfield looks strong. The attacks look looks functional. And while the defense is is not good, um, their their scoring prowess really makes up for that. Um, while uh, the rest of the team is, is clicking, the defense, frankly, is old and slow and not very good. And um, while they do get exposed against more quality attacking talent, their defense uh, isn't going to hold up in the playoffs. It just won't. Uh, at home, similarly to the Red Bulls, um, they have, Cincinnati has a losing record. They're 3-4-1 and one for 10 of their 25 points. And there's been a lot of talk 
over the last couple of weeks of Cincinnati coming on. However, consider they've only won once in their last five games. They have a win, a loss, and three draws in their last five games. And last time out, they came from behind twice uh, to draw 2-2 at New England. Goals by Kessler and Brenner, and we'll get to Brenner in a minute. Uh, Before that, on the 29th of June, a an absolutely insane 4-4 home draw with NYCFC in which they took a 3-0 lead after a half an hour and needed uh, a Brenner hat trick, his last goal coming in the 70th minute, um, to to draw even with, with City. Consider that they also had two goals called back for offsides in this match. Um, uh, Lucho Acosta got the other goal, but just an absolutely bonkers game. They beat Orlando before that one, nothing on a goal by Brenner. That's five goals in three games for the Brazilian. Um, before that, a one-one draw at Philly. That's all that Philly does with Brandon Vasquez getting the goal in the 39th minute. And then before that, a four-three, I told you they score a lot of goals loss at Cincinnati. Um, they scored early. They conceded the next three, uh, but uh, drew two within a single goal in the 63rd minute by Moreno. There is a bit of history between these two teams and no match obviously bigger than the 2017 U.S. Cup, uh, U.S. Open Cup semifinal at University of Cincinnati at Nippert Stadium where the Red Bulls uh, tied it late and then won an extra time. An absolutely phenomenal match. It was an advertisement for the league, and for USL and Open Cup and Cincinnati and really helped propel them. They've met eight times all in. The Red Bulls lead 5-2-1. and one. Consider the Red Bulls have never lost in Cincinnati. They did uh, all the, the... There was a loss where Cincinnati was the home team, but that was at in Florida at the MLS's back tournament. The leading scorer, uh, BWP and Kako, each have two goals, and Omir Fernandez has a single goal. The, the likely 11 for Pat Noonan, um, they play um, a 3-5-2, the goalie, Roman Celitano, uh, 11 games played and 18 conceded, but three clean sheets. There's John Nelson with an assist, the left wing back. The three center backs, as I said, all American, all all slow, not great. Ian Murphy has a goal. Jeff Cameron, who's overjoyed in the direction our country is going in the center. And Nick Haglin with an assist as well. Uh, the right wing back is, is that aged Raymond Gatta. So you can see it's an all-American back five, if you will. And um, there's very little top flight quality there. Alan Cruz, the, the um, Costa Rican as part of the center mid lineup along with uh, Nuo Bodo who is back from injury. And then it's it's really the top three that have given life to FC Cincinnati. Luciano Acosto, and we, we certainly know him from his time in D.C., six goals and six assists in 18 games uh, has become and continues to be a phenomenal attacking threat. And then there's Brenner with the five goals all in his last three league matches and two assists. And Brandon Vasquez, the young American with eight goals and four assists. And the three of them are constantly interchanging, constantly finding open space, constantly pulling defenders away. And for a New York backline that'll be missing Sean Nealis, it'll be a, a challenge. And Struber said this morning that despite missing Nealis, who is out with a red card suspension, Tom Edwards is healthy and will be back. And Andres Reyes is ready to go. He is ready to make his 2022 debut. Now, whether or not he's going to start 
on Saturday remains to be seen. And this, frankly, is a tough assignment for Reyes as he's getting ready to make his first 22 minutes. But um, Struber said he'll be ready to play either a three or four man back line. And so, you know, for New York, it's um, they're going to get plenty of chances in this game. They have to be clinical with their finishes. Um, They could win this game 6-3. But Cincinnati is going to get their opportunities as well. And so uh, whoever is playing next to Amaya and consider that Amaya is making his homecoming and that will be incredibly meaningful for him. And yes, it'll be the first time he's playing at TQL um, as as a a member of the Red Bulls. And the Cincinnati fans are going to give it to him because they feel undone by him as the all-time number one super draft pick. Uh, when they entered the league, and frankly, he was—he it wasn't a good fit, and they—I mean, nothing was working in Cincinnati while he was there, and he's really uh, changed his entire game to the Red Bulls' benefit. So if it's Caceres and Amaya, it's going to be uh, a real battle in the middle to make sure that um, Cincinnati's chances are limited. All right, let's go around MLS quickly. Friday, it's Friday, Saturday, MLS weekend, and it's the start of Rivalry Week, Rivalry Week, although the Red Bulls don't play in Rivalry Week, I guess, until next weekend when they host City in the Derby. But nevertheless, Philadelphia DCU, um, D- something, Toxie Fountas has nine goals in 10 appearances for DC. I, I think they have a shot to, to get a win at Philly that just can't seem to get it right. There's another El, El Trafico this time at Bank of California. I think LAFC continues to roll. Uh, Vancouver hosting Minnesota in a game that has nothing to do with rivalries, but Vancouver is hot late. I'll, I'll give it to them. Saturday City hosting New England. I think this is a draw. Seattle, Portland. Seattle wins it. Atlanta hosting Austin. Clearly a, a top rivalry in the league. No, I'm just kidding. I think Austin can get a draw here. Charlotte hosting Nashville in a north, uh, excuse me, a southeast-ish, Darby-ish. Um, I see a draw here as well. Montreal will beat Kansas City at home. Uh, TFC, who just traded away Pozuelo um, to Miami, I think. Uh, they're hosting San Jose. Toronto will win this game despite their, their poor play of late. Chicago hosting Columbus. That's a draw. Orlando hosting Miami. There's a rivalry match. Orlando is lost right now, and I, I think Miami wins here. Uh, the battle for El Capitan. Houston hosting Dallas. This is Dallas's to win. Uh, Rocky Mountain Cup. RSL hosting Colorado. I think the home side wins. And then our match, I'm going to call it a 4 th- two Red Bulls win. They're going to score early and often, and Cincinnati will get theirs, but I think New York takes it. When we're back on Seeing Red, I'll be speaking with Pat Brennan of the Cincinnati Inquirer. Keep it here. Hey, it's Mark. Our next partner has a product I recently became aware of, and that's AG1 from Athletic Greens. So what is AG1? With one delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things, really. Um, it's lifestyle-friendly, so whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan like me, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it works with all those diets. And it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. 
Now, some of you I know take some type of multivitamin. Some of you take multiple multivitamins every day. It's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And with AG1, it's cheaper and you're getting all those different supplements yourself. It costs less than $3 a day. So if you're investing in your health, it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Uh, Athletic Greens is a climate neutral certified company and for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day, and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now, back to Seeing Red. Back on Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup. Red Bulls getting ready for a tricky road game this weekend against a much, much improved FC Cincinnati side. And we thought, why not go to the font of knowledge about all things FCC? That's beat reporter for the Cincinnati Inquirer. Yes, folks, the local paper covering the team. Imagine that's Pat Brennan. Pat, welcome to Seeing Red. How are you? Mark, I'm great. Thank you so much for for having me. You know, this is a case of uh, you and I, two people that have followed each other on Twitter for years, and now we finally uh, meet, in a way. Well, we can see each other, so we, we are can. meeting. Yes. You can't see us, though. It's nice to meet you. It's really good to meet you, too. I mean that sincerely. Oh, that's very kind. Um, let, let's let's start with the story of this year's team. Th- three times a spoon, and yet this <laughs> season everything seems to be – yeah, maybe not not uh, turning on Millhouse, but uh, clearly under Pat Noonan, a much much better team, and the team has gotten some results against some quality sides, and also NYC. Yeah, I mean well, that's an incredible Simpsons reference right out of the gate. But um, yeah, it's look uh, as of this recording, FC Cincinnati is seven seven and four, joint fifth place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, suffice it to say that. Uh, no one, whether it be the most optimistic people in FC Cincinnati, <laughs> national pundits, myself. And I thought I had an optimistic outlook for FC Cincinnati. And I projected they would finish 10th in the East, which still could come to pass. But as it stands right now, they're in joint fifth in the East. No one thought they would be here. Um, they are, you know, like you said, it's, it's flawed, um, you know. Uh, but they, they're beating bad teams. They're more recently, they've been getting results against very good teams in the East, but, uh, it's, it's been, uh, a welcome change in terms of the results that have come. But I think this weekend's match against the Red Bulls will be, uh, the stiffest among the stiffest they've had. Yeah, wow. it, it's a real yardstick, I think, for both teams. And, yes, and the, 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 the largest game between the teams since, obviously, that 2017 mammoth 
epic U.S. Open Cup semifinal. Um, it was at, incredible. That at was the incredible. at the old place, yeah. Sadly, I couldn't be there that night, but yeah. just I mean, it was it was an advertisement for lower league soccer. It was an advertisement for Cincinnati. It was an advertisement for really for the Open Cup. And um, to say that there is a rivalry between these two teams isn't exactly right. But they've played some some big games together, and I think both for the Red Bulls continuing to go on the road. And for Cincinnati, um, this will really be a measuring stick for them as as I think a lot of people are finally paying attention to just what Pat Noonan is doing there. And um, I want to start with the attack. Obviously, Acosta, Brenner, and Brandon Vasquez have found a way to click and make it go. Um, this is a team that scores a lot of goals, and Brenner has been a revelation this year. What has been different about these guys in particular that has been so successful? You know, that's a really tough question to answer because if you, you know, gun to the head of any front office person at FC Cincinnati, um, if you had asked, you know, could, can one, can two of these guys come good in 2022? You would be hard-pressed to say yes, but here we are more than halfway through the season now, and, you know, all three basically have. Uh, Brenner a little bit more recently, but all the same, if you'd said at the halfway point in the season, Brenner has five goals, you'd take that, uh, even though the, the five have come in the last three matches. So, right. you know, um, yeah, look, I, I think we, we knew to some extent what – Lucho Acosta was capable of based somewhat on last year's performances and maybe more so on the body of work that he put together at DC United that had PSG interested in him. Right. So like, you knew that you knew the capability was there and he didn't have his best match against New England last weekend, but he's playing at an MVP level right now or thereabouts. Um, Brenner, you know, a lot of naysayers around that acquisition by FC Cincinnati. And, you know, to be totally fair, Mark, up until 14, 15 <laughs> days ago, this, this transfer was still a failure in the eyes of many. And now it's like, you know, the greatest thing happening in MLS. But so it's funny how that can change so quickly. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how perception of that changes over the long haul. But, you, you know, you knew, even though it looked bad at times when, you know, the acquisition of Brenner, it wasn't made, you know, there was some awareness of what the capabilities were there too. So what he's doing right now, um, he's on a great tear, um, uh, abnormal, abnormally good tear, you might say. But he, you knew what the capabilities were. I think the difference for this team in terms of results has been the output of Brandon Vasquez. Eight goals, uh, leading the team. Um, he's been not just a better finisher than he has at any point in his young career, but his hold-up play, his distribution has been huge for this team. So for me, Brandon Vasquez has been the one that has really kind of been key to unlocking the results uh, in terms of players that, are contributing directly in the attack, but um, yeah, that's kind of my off the off the cuff overview of the whole position group. That's awesome. I, I want to also turn our attention to the back line, which 
I mean, <laughs> old and slow kind of personified here. And uh, as the as the the forward line is scoring goals in bunches, the back line seems to be giving them right back up at the same rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, not a lot's changed there. I mean, look, it, you know, it's in, when you look at the defensive record, I think it's I think it's now thirty goals conceded. That's it's not good. Uh, I I know that's bottom five in the league for sure. It might it's be bottom. bottom. It's thirty two goals conceded. And it's bottom three in the league. There, there you, you go. go. That was okay. Well, yeah, you, you got you. You corrected me there on the goals allowed, yeah. but um, yeah, I was going to say I, it could be bottom three. So it and it is. Uh, so look, defensively, it's you just don't know what you're going to get. They have a couple clean sheets on the year, but um, it's they they labor intensively particularly in the back four, you know, this is the team concept is defending with 11 players. Right. But um, yeah, the, the, the shortcomings have been especially evident among the back four, particularly in the rowdy four, four draw against NYCFC. I think it was true again um, on Sunday against the revolution. So yeah, it's, they're, you know, just a touch off the clip uh, that they were on in 2019 when they set the league record for goals conceded. So it's uh, yeah. there's one direction to go here. Yeah, the, yeah. any for as, as far as they've come to have anything from this club still flirting with anything related to 2019 is not where you want it to yeah. be, Marvin. <laughs> but obviously, I mean, I think that the there are a couple of big stories about why right this happened and. You know, when you when you're an MLS old head, you remember certainly Chris Albright, who's the the GM of the team now, and also Pat Noonan, who's the coach of the team. These are two guys that made big names for themselves as American player. Albright, of course, as we know, the only player in MLS to play for New England, the uh, the Red Bulls, Philadelphia, and DC. Uh, this is pre NYC days. Incredible, incredible, incredible longevity. Part of the Bruce Arena coaching tree. And, um, you know, Pat Noonan, who certainly made a name for himself in MLS and certainly hurt uh, Metro and the Red Bulls over his time there. <laughs> but um, I'm just kind of curious, you know, what, what, it, what is Noonan getting right that has gone so wrong with so many more heralded, frankly, international coaches? Yeah, yeah, truly. Um Oh boy, it's so cliche, but I, I have to be honest with myself and with with you and your listeners. The answer is culture. FC Cincinnati in its young MLS history, and even before that in USL, they've been willing to shell out big money, you know, relative to the league that they've been in. They've been willing to shell out big money for talented players, but um this is the first time it's ever really come together in a meaningful way, certainly in MLS, obviously. And I put that down to, again, this is cliche. I put it down to the culture. It's really important that people enjoy where they work and want to show up and do the job there. I can tell you that I don't even work in the organization, Mark. And I, I'm fortunate in my job that I get to go out and watch training every day. Really, really fortunate. But there were times 
Just take 2021, for example. You didn't want to be within 500 miles of the place. The, it was just such <laughs> a Yep, Sam had that cute, cuddly, friendly uh, kind of attitude around yeah. him. I mean, you nailed it. You yeah, really nailed not it. Not so much. Yeah. Especially in a losing environment as yeah. things got away. You know, this was a, a, about a year ago this week that really got away from FC Cincinnati last year. And from that point forward in the summer into the autumn, you just you didn't want to be around it. People, the players, I know for a fact, they enjoy their work. The talent, like I said, Lucho Acosta, Brenner, you know, Brandon Vasquez, that was a little bit more of a bet on potential, I think, when he was first brought in in 2020 or late 2019 for 2020. But, you know, the talent has always been there. Um, I think shifting the culture to a po- one of one of more positivity. I'm not a big fan of the word positivity, Mark, but it's paid dividends here. Also, you know, I think it's fair to say that uh, Pat and Chris are working in lockstep on this roster. Obviously, it's in 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 name and in title. It is, and in practice, it's 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 down to Chris to get that right. But I think they work very very closely together. They have a very good working relationship, and they turned over. You know, uh, they actually turned over about a third of this roster year over year. Yeah. So, uh, and that's paid dividends. Even in the supplemental spots, you have Nick Haglund, John Nelson, both have more, you'd have to say both have been starters for this team in 2022. And they've played out of their minds. Best soccer they've played in MLS. Maybe, or certainly for Nick, I should, maybe let me walk that back a little bit. <laughs> for Nick, for Nick, I can definitely say it's the best he's okay. played since he's been in Cincinnati. Yeah, he was on some pretty good TFC teams there for a while. For sure. Um, both of these teams are unique in the MLS East in that they're the only ones that have a better road record than home record. <laughs> and I know that you know TQL is still has that new stadium smell. It definitely has a Red Bull Arena look and feel, at least the interior. I, I don't know if you've been to Harrison, but it, it, de- it definitely yeah. is very um, similar. Yeah. And I'm just kind of curious. I know what's gone on with the Red Bulls at home, at least in the beginning of the season. They took a long time to find their first league points at home. What's the story with Cincinnati at home? They're 3-4-1 they're and one at TQL. Yeah, I, I think... They've they've run up against some some pretty decent teams. You know, one one result sticks out against a not so decent team. They lost uh, at the home opener one nil to DC United on a late um, a late VAR penalty kick awarded to DC United. If that result goes the other way and it ends in a draw, you know, maybe you feel a little bit because you know it's. Three three wins, I think, to four losses. Yeah, so right. Maybe, so then that maybe, writes itself. Maybe you feel a little bit differently about it. It's been uh, better lately. You know, they just beat Orlando. It's been a it's been a real gauntlet in the East for FC Cincinnati since the international break. Uh, they went on the road and drew at Philly, um, and then since then they obviously had the New England match this past weekend. But then beat Orlando and drew four four with NYCFC. And um, so it's been it's been a little better at home of late. And I would you know, I'd put it down to, you know, if this team wants to make any serious hay down the stretch here in a race for a playoff spot, they're going to have to be good at home. Obviously, Um, the record has to get better. 
but I think they've been a little bit unlucky at home. Maybe that's a little hometown cop out for me, but I <laughs> think okay. they, I, I do think they've been unlucky. So, um, you know, I have to, first of all, I ha I know Calvin Harris is getting ready to come back. He's yes. healthy now. Did you ask him if he was ready for the summer? Because if I, there's a player named Calvin Harris, I'm asking him if he's ready for the summer. That's one. But more uh, seriously, um, the team is um, – I'm just kind of curious where the team sits in Cincinnati sports um, universe. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, the Mets are playing the Reds right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Bengals obviously have – in had a, a fantastic year with a young quarterback and hopefully he'll pan out for them. Yeah. Um, and here comes Cincinnati that uh, FC Cincinnati that obviously I think took certainly American soccer by storm with the quick yeah. uh, rise to MLS and the, their moneyed ownership. And finally, I think the family appears to be kind of moving away from the game day decisions and the player decisions. And they've entrusted some real American soccer pros I'm yeah. I'm curious. Um, w w are, are do you see FCC gear around? Is there a sense of pride in this team, despite the fact that maybe they haven't really performed too well on the field? Yeah. as of yet. Yeah, there's. Um, I, I you know I think, the, I think results wise, Mark, you're definitely starting to see that pay dividends for this team because attendance is starting to spike over the last, I mentioned the Orlando and the NYCFC matches last week. Those are the two biggest crowds of the season. And, you know, I'm sure you're well-versed in the different types of excuses we make for our teams when they don't draw well, you know, school has been school. It is a, kids have been on summer vacation here for about five weeks. Okay. And only recently has the attendance started to spike in a meaningful way. So, we can't use the the school the whole school anything wrapped up in adorable you know, yeah attendance right. excuses are adorable yeah from no look this you know FC Cincinnati was coming into the season was staring down the barrel of a you know what could have been if it went wrong and you know it doesn't look like it's going to now but they have to be on guard a fourth consecutive last place finish in this league and I think there was a real risk if it hadn't already started to happen which I believe it had of fans jumping off the bandwagon in uh, a serious way because, you know, it the, TQL Stadium does still have that new stadium smell, but they played a full slate of home matches and we're in Ohio, right? So last year in the meat of the pandemic, more or less, you know, we most of those matches were staged without any kind of meaningful sure. restrictions. So I think only one or two were capacity limited games because uh, we can talk we need another podcast to talk about that <laughs> but um you know this was a this was a big year for fc cincinnati in terms of carving out its share of the sports pie in this town um it does not help them although it, it has generally boosted spirits around here it doesn't help them that the Bengals went to the super bowl no. in february no um the reds stink so yeah, i would say FC Cincinnati, while they play fewer home games uh, than the Reds do, obviously, um, they are drawing better and probably more consistently than the Reds are right now. And they're certainly a more intriguing product. And there are a lot of indications that point to, you know, we speak tonight on the eve of the transfer window opening. Yes. There are a lot of indications that FC Cincinnati will 
really go for it, both in, in a spirit of building, continuing to build for the long term, which is the real goal they have to keep their eye on. But also, look, they didn't expect to be here, but they find themselves in the middle of a playoff race. So they're going to make moves um, in relation to that. And uh, I think all of those things combined makes FC Cincinnati a pretty compelling thing here. Uh, certainly more compelling than they've been in a very, very long time. And maybe some people are starting to kind of jump back on the bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, listen, as you said, uh, Pat, this is not a team that has ever uh, had an issue throwing money at the team, <laughs> yeah. right? It's been misguided money. It's yeah. been misguided money for both coaching staff as well as players. But they finally, I think, four years into the experiment in MLS, yeah. found some MLS vets that know the league incredibly well, and um, things seem to be much better. Yeah. Um, and I think we can all agree, like, like we said, this will be this will be a real um, measuring stick for their season. Yeah. To to not it's not just because the Red Bulls are in first place. Uh, I, I think similarly surprisingly from those preseason predictions, but also because I think this I, I would like to think the fan base is really going to get up. And the last thing I want to leave you with, uh, ask you about quickly is yeah. the kind of reception that Frankie Maya is going to get because previously, from what I understand, the fans there really gave it to him. Amaya, as you may know, has completely resurrected himself as a number six and yeah. has become a very important um, p uh, player for this team. And I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are there. I think enough time has passed that I would, I would, my sense is that there won't be much, much uh, bad blood from the fan base at large on Saturday, Mark. Um, I think there are probably, a, you know, a few dozen, maybe more than that in the supporters section that will howl and whistle and whatever when he, when he has the ball at his feet. But um you know, I think that, I mean, we forget how long ago that happened. That trade happened like 15, 16 months ago. So I I'm glad for Frankie that it's working out for him in this league. But um, I don't, I don't think it's at the forefront of what FC Cincinnati fans are concerned about at this point. And I think it'll, they'll see him on the field. His name will be announced pre-match as a starter and kind of be this like, aha moment. Like, oh yeah, he used to be our, uh, number one overall super draft pick, and he's it's working out for someone else, not us. Well, typical, and I, I, typical FC Cincinnati. I think that the that the fact that the team is doing uh, very well, I think, uh, uh, will play a role there as well. Yeah. Uh, Pat Brennan covers uh, FC Cincinnati for the Cincinnati Inquirer. Pat, it's been great chatting. Thank you so much for uh, making your Seeing Red debut. Um, all the best for a very enjoyable game, and thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for my first cap. I appreciate there it. There you go. We've got more Seeing Red coming up after this short break. Do you have an idea for a great new podcast? You can bring your new idea to life and start your podcast today with Libsyn. Our podcast has been on Libsyn for many, many years, and frankly, we love it. Libsyn has everything you need to plan, launch, and grow your own podcast. Libsyn provides some of the best resources created by expert podcasters who will show you everything you need to know, like what equipment you should use, how to record great audio, and how to get your show on Apple Podcasts and other popular platforms, and much, much more. Plus, as a friend of Seeing Red, when you sign up with Libsyn, you get your first month of podcast hosting time free. There's never been a better time than right now for you to start podcasting. Visit Libsyn.com and use code FRIEND. That's 
L-I-B-S-Y-N.com and use code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D, to get started and create your podcast today. And now, back to the show. Back on Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup. Mark riding solo today. I hope uh, you're enjoying the show. A great chat with Pat Brennan. Here's uh, email time. It's Tom Malone. Hey, boys. So last night during the Kansas City game in the dying minutes, Klamala went down after clearing the ball, and I'm assuming to waste time. He hits the grass so often. It wasn't a surprise to see, but as a fan of the team, it's frustrating to watch when the team wastes time or fakes injury, and even more frustrating when the opposition does it. Chet Messing said exactly how I feel during the broadcast. He, think there sh- he thinks there should be more severe punishments for embellishments and time-wasting and stated it's bad optics for the league. I know around my friend group, many think soccer players spend most of the time wailing on the ground. From the smallest of contacts, it's hard to argue they're completely wrong. What's your stance on time-wasting and injury embellishing? Unsportsmanlike or tactical and fair in nature? Would you like to see the league or FIFA make any changes regards to this? Thanks for continuing to be my favorite podcast. Thank you, Tom. And congrats on surpassing 500 episodes. And I guess this is the one that does it. Uh, Tom Malone of Utica. Thanks. Listen, um, would I like to see... Shithousery and time-wasting removed from professional soccer? Yes, I would. Do I get angry when it happens when the Red Bulls are trailing? Yes, I do. Does that mean I absolve Red Bull players from doing similar types of uh, theatrics? Frankly, I do absolve them because I think it's part of the game, and, and I would support some sort of league change to denote that kind of uh, clearly theatrical, um, unsportsmanlike play. It is. It's unsportsmanlike play. Let's let's be very clear about it. It's not great. It doesn't look. It is bad optics. It's bad optics anywhere. But at the same time, New York was holding on for dear life, trying to escape Kansas City with a, with three points, and those points will become important. And you can you can complain if you like that. Klamala is not exactly online for a Golden Globe nomination for his acting, but other teams do it. We're going to do it. I don't love it, but it happens. It's just part of the game. Thanks, Tom, for writing. I appreciate the kind words. Here's Seth Hewling with our last, second and last email of the week. Mark and Joe, I love listening to the 500th episode. Last week, 500 episodes is a great accomplishment for any series, and it just goes to show what a program you've created and nurtured. Seeing Red is the best coverage of the team, period. The depth of analysis, the quality of the interviews, and the knowledge and experience of the host is unrivaled and truly appreciated. Here's to 500 more. Thank you so much, Seth. It really... It means a lot. Thanks. It looks like our old pals, Tyler Adams and Jesse Marsh, will be linking up again this time in the New American Outpost in England, Leeds United. With Tyler's sell-on clause, Metro is set to receive $8 million. How do these dollars translate into Garber bucks? How can Red Bulls use the money to bolster the squad and will it? Could we see the likes of Jesse Lingard suiting up for, Met- suiting up for Metro? Non-Red Bull, but I fear that anything that if that... But I fear that anything that goes wrong for Leeds will be attributed to the high concentration of Americans, Marsh, Adams, Aronson, and possibly Chris Richards. Hopefully our Metro alums aren't dragged through the mud too badly by the British press. Thanks again for all you do. The show's a gem. Seth Hewling. Seth, thanks so much. And uh, you know, I'm sorry that I didn't mention the transfer fee. It was such a very important part of what happened. And, and for those of you who may not be aware, because of Tyler's sell-on fee when he was transferred, to Red Bull Leipzig, 
New York is getting a third of the transfer fee that Leipzig sold to Leeds, and that's $8 million. And, and now, you know, over the last six months, you've seen teams like FC Dallas, who made $20 million when they sold Ricardo Pepe, rather than just put that in the pocket and wait, you know, defer losses um, or just wait for the right opportunity, they went out and they, they bought some players immediately because those fans for years had been waiting for um, the Dallas to just be something different other than a developmental team. And, and no, you know, Dallas is, I'm sure they're above the line. I'm checking right now. D-D-D-D, checking, is Dallas above the line? Yeah, they're fifth, seven, five, and six. Not great, but they're, they'll be a playoff team this year for sure. And so, and then New England, I think, must have made $20 million in sales from players like Tejan Buchanan and Adam Buxa, who just left. Um, you know, and oh, by the way, Matt Turner to Arsenal. And so they have gone out. And they got a 23-year-old young DP of their own, Verloni, um, who had time. He's on the Juventus squad. He played in, in Austria last year. And so the question is, well, you know, you, you've just been handed a check. And, and per the league rules, and I don't know if we can go all the way back to, to when they were uh, written, but the Red Bulls, as Tyler Adams is a homegrown player, the Red Bulls should get all of that. They should get all of that money. Now... You know, you may think, oh, well, they'll go pay off the debt service immediately on their new Morristown um, training center. But that's that's not really how, how it works, because that that was, you know, paying off your mortgage early is great. But I think I think what you're going to see and we've heard it from Struber earlier today that New York will absolutely go out and find some players. You know, are they going to go out and grab a Jesse Lingard at age 29 just because he's available and seemingly has shown interest in MLS? I don't know. I mean, you heard once again Struber saying earlier today, I need players that will take to the Red Bull system quickly. He, he, he doesn't have time to wait. He can't wait six months for next year to maybe have them show up and, and do some good things. So um, I would like to think that New York will, if not during this transfer window— for the next one, and perhaps there will be some players that move on after this season. I mean, do they go and... I don't know what Stoke is asking for Tom Edwards, but maybe they go and get him permanently. Not saying this is this is plan A, but it's certainly something to discuss. So stay tuned. Keep, keep, keep tuned, because that is a massive windfall for a team that um, is going for it. And let's be honest... They're top of the East, semis of the cup. I mean, this is a phenomenal season. And they're not a complete team um, yet, but at 9-5-5, five, and five, there's no one better in the MLS East. Um, and they have an opportunity to put even more distance between them and the line on Saturday night against Cincinnati. And once again, I call the match a 4-2 Red Bulls win. I'd like to thank Zach Feldman, our stat man, and I'd like to thank Tom Brennan, our guest from the Cincinnati Inquirer, and I'd like to thank you for listening to episode 501 from Seeing Red. We'll be back next week. Let's go Red Bulls. Good night. 
for listening to Seeing Red. Get us anywhere you get your podcasts and always at seeingredny.com. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.